Welcome to Planet Sleep. I'm your host, Josh. And tonight, you'll be joining me on an adventure to search for the lost city of Atlantis in our quest to hopefully find the lost city of legend. We'll be visiting a number of locations where the lost civilization might rest. But before we go, I wanted to remind you that if you love Planet Sleep, you can support the show for free by making sure you're subscribed to us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and following us on Spotify. It really does help us out. But this episode of Planet Sleep is also brought to you by my CBD company, Higher Love Wellness. Higher Love Wellness is a family-owned and operated company containing the highest quality CBD we can find. We sell a wide range of different CBD products for all tastes and uses. We have CBD topicals, oils, vapes, CBD wax, and of course, delicious CBD gummies. CBD is a great daily supplement. I use it at night, as studies have shown that CBD can help promote a better night's sleep. And for me personally, whenever I take my CBD before bed, I swear I have the most vivid and relaxing dreams. And I wake up feeling extremely refreshed. So if you want to try our CBD products, just head over to higherlovewellness.com and use promo code Planet Sleep for 10% off your order. We ship to all 50 states where it's 100% legal, as well as the UK, Mexico, and a few other countries. Again, that's higherlovewellness.com and use promo code Planet Sleep. But let's prepare ourselves for this journey into the depths of the ocean where we'll search for the ancient city of Atlantis. In order to prepare ourselves, find somewhere to lie down or sit and close your eyes and just allow yourself to relax and prepare for the journey ahead. Take some deep breaths in through your nose and out through the mouth. And I'll wait while you relax. Now that you're relaxed, let the search for Atlantis begin. Centuries of unrecorded history have buried ancient civilizations and the tales of their mysterious disappearances. Many are only uncovered after years of exploration and some good luck. Although traces of lost civilizations have been uncovered across the world, many believe that the secrets of the planet's water sources have a lot more to offer. For thousands of years, the legend of sunken cities has inspired fables and folklore. It all started with the ancient philosopher Plato. He described a great civilization that was so elegant and beautiful that it threatened the gods' power. While many believe that the lost city is real, most believe that Plato's story was only an allegory. 
meaning that it was just a tale with a hidden meaning. And he told his tale about a great civilization in 360 BCE. They once lived with great wealth and power. Exotic wildlife roamed the nearby lands, such as the two-headed lizard. It was known to have scales of gold and could kill a lion with one swift move. While tales of a cyclops humanoid hid in nearby caves and attacked the townspeople. Alongside the strange and powerful wildlife, precious metals could be found anywhere and many were used to build its streets and buildings. The city was a beautiful spectacle of human accomplishment. But as punishment for human pride, the gods destroyed the city. Within one day and one night, they ravaged the streets with tsunamis and earthquakes until every building sank and every living soul perished. And the gods kept flooding the city until it disappeared far beneath the water never to be seen again. Most believe this was just a tale that Plato told, warning people of the dangers of pride. But many still believe an ancient city is hidden somewhere in the deep. The idea that Atlantis was a real place re-emerged in the 19th century. It was later thought that the people of Atlantis were ancestors to the great Mayan people. And the reason they had such great wealth and power was that they had carried gold from the ruins of Atlantis. Believers even thought that the Garden of Eden was once in the lost city, and the story of Noah and the Great Flood was actually about Atlantis. While not everyone was convinced about the great rumors of the city, many still wanted to know if it was real or not. What intrigues people is not just the idea of an underwater city, but that humanity once built a city so incredible that it threatened the gods. Thousands of years later, archaeologists are still fascinated by the idea of a lost city beneath the seas. But the major questions still remain. Where had this city once thrived? And where does it lie now? Many believe the lost city lies somewhere in the Mediterranean Sea, since the story is rooted in Greek folklore. But no one knows for sure. Was it destroyed by an earthquake, a volcano, or a massive comet? No one knows. Others have guessed the city lies close to the Bahamas, lost in the mystery of the Bermuda Triangle. Some even suggest the city was part of Antarctica, when it had more of a temperate climate thousands of years ago. Although the lost city could be anywhere along the sea floor, it hasn't stopped the search for Atlantis. We know that great civilizations have thrived on the planet thousands of years ago. So the idea of a great ancient city being lost to the sea isn't that far out there. Knowing that nearly 80% of the oceans remain unexplored, makes the idea even more believable. Even though Plato's story of Atlantis is so cryptic and vague, the lost ruins could be out there somewhere, waiting to see the light of day once again. In search of the lost city, you find yourself on the shores of the Japanese island of Yanaguni.
the dark waters of the East China Sea crash against the gray stone shores. High cliffs guard the island's edges in rich layers of sandstone. As you look out to sea, the winds pick up, sending ripples along the water's surface. As the waves continue to crash, you're not scared of the water's current as much as what's underneath the surface. The dark outlines of sea creatures fill the water, and you remember the search for Atlantis is surrounded by an ocean filled with danger. Hammerhead sharks move together in a raging school. Back and forth, they whip their tails to swim through the powerful ocean currents. You'd think many creatures would avoid these surging waters, but the hammerhead is muscular and agile, and they're powerful in numbers. Sometimes their schools can reach up to a hundred sharks, but at night they become solitary hunters. They can grow up to 20 feet long and weigh 1,300 pounds, and they are easily identified by their strange-looking heads that make them look like a hammer. Luckily, this odd-shaped head gives them a small mouth, so you're not too worried about them swallowing you whole, at least. You wait for the school to pass along before wading into the shallow waters near the shore. In a moment, the waters calm down, and you dive into the cool waters. Beneath the surface, you open your eyes, searching for the lost city. Rocks and coral clusters cover the bottom, and the outline of a sea turtle drifts in the distance. The sound of water fills your ears and you plunge deeper into the ocean. As you float through the water, you spot a jagged series of stone not far from the coast. Its rectangular shapes look unnatural, and you think it must have been carved by the hands of men. The sides remind you of Machu Picchu, like giant steps towards the top. Each stone is almost perfectly shaped. As you approach, you see its walls are deep, and its top side stretches as far as the eye can see. Nearly five football fields large, the sides are perfectly flat and smooth, rising toward the top. And they look like they must have been carved by the hands of humans. As you swim down the side, you notice the structure is nearly eight stories tall. As you take in the massive hunk of stone in front of you, you allow the water's current to move you gently back and forth as the tide washes in and out you move with the ocean the fish slowly move with you and as you stare at the strange monolith you wonder what its purpose could have been was this once the foundation of Atlantis it certainly looks like a man-made structure A flight of steps on one side leads to a gateway in the stone. A tunnel leads through the structure. Above the steps, two mysterious stone mounds appear at the top. These mounds are believed to be two turtles with their necks extended. In ancient Japanese folklore, a dragon god lives in an underwater palace, and the palace is watched over by two turtles, and the structure might be the location of this legend. But beyond folklore, this structure is big enough to support thousands of people. The tunnel, stairs, turtles, and massive terraces suggest that the structure was possibly used as a castle, and it might have been built before the pyramids of Egypt. Loose artifacts have been recovered near the structure, 
and they look like carved stones that might have once been used as primitive tools. But the most interesting find has been a strange marking in the shape of a T that clearly looks like it was etched by human hands. Scientists think the etching might be a letter of an ancient alphabet or a talisman used to protect people from harm, but its true use is still a mystery. One of the most incredible discoveries is that this ancient structure was not constructed from multiple stones. It is actually one solid mass of rock made of sandstone. And because it is nearly identical to the rock formation on the nearby island, many believe this monument was once connected to the island, and it might have been dislodged by an earthquake long ago. One of the other most significant discoveries was that the rock bed has vertical fault lines. So when the structure gave way, it snapped into angular shapes, and this gives the monument its almost perfect square edges. And its sides were then smoothed out by the ocean current. Over years and years of erosion, the structure was given a smooth man-made look. What looked like man-made stone structures are actually geological formations created by mother nature. So perhaps the massive monument wasn't initially built by ancient people, but the artifact suggests that the ancient people might have inhabited the structure. Although this might not have been the musical city of Atlantis, the monument might hold some mysterious ancient purpose that we have yet to discover. You return to the surface and take a large breath of fresh air. Your lungs fill with the sweet, crisp air above the East China Sea. As you float on your back, you remind yourself that Plato lived in Greece. So maybe the city he was talking about is far away from the East China Sea. You close your eyes and let the rocking water carry you back and forth. You picture the bright blue waters of the Mediterranean Sea. And as you drift away into the ocean current, you open your eyes and look around. Somehow, you find yourself no longer in the East China Sea, but instead in the blue waters of the Mediterranean. In the Ali Canas Bay, tourists flood the shoreline and ships sail along multiple routes out deeper into the ocean. A warm sun hangs overhead and warms the water surrounding you. You take in another large, deep breath before diving down into the waters. Deeper and deeper you swim. Your hands reach out in front of you, and as you cup the water in your palm, you push it behind you. With each surge, you head closer to the bottom. You head deeper out into the bay, away from the shore. Here, these waters are much cleaner. What looks like the ridges of jagged stone cover the sea floor. Bright spots of red sprinkle the seafloor below, along with dashing fish looking for food. Among the activity, you see strange shapes hiding behind the rocks. Donut-shaped formations appear along the bottom. They look suspicious and not like anything else on the seafloor. You scan the floor from above and notice several more donut-shaped formations that spread hundreds of yards. 
They don't look natural, but you've been fooled before. So you swim deeper towards the strange shapes. Unlike the other rocks, they look like pieces of pavement or walls that have crumbled over centuries. They have unique features that look out of place, almost like cut stone. And as you look closer, they remind you of the bases of the pillars that held up the ancient temples of Greece. They even look like the remains of ancient settlements built over 2,000 years ago. There were once circular shaped stones that looked just like these. They once held up large columns of stone. And together they may have formed the Grand Colonnade. A colonnade is a row of pillars that hold up a roof, and they were the turning point of Greek architecture. Once they discovered how to build structures from stone, they began constructing massive stone temples dedicated to the gods, like the ones that sit at the top of Athens. But the one key to discovering the trace of civilization is the discovery of artifacts. Unfortunately, there are no traces of human civilization here in the bay. Although these structures look like the bases of once great pillars, no artifacts are nearby. There are no weapons, cutlery, or pottery in sight. The seafloor is completely vacant aside from the natural cosmetics that fill the area. So what are these strange structures? As you reach your hand down towards the donut-shaped structure, you clench your fist around a jagged clump of stone. As you squeeze, it breaks apart easily, and the soft stone washes away in the sea. The material is far too soft for any sort of construction. So what could it be? They are believed to be concretions along the sea floor. They are built of solid blocks of volcanic rock, and they surround underwater vents that once led to the Earth's core. Here methane was released into the water through the vents. White frothy bubbles came from its spout, and the methane combined with the microbes and sediment which formed these circular shapes on the bottom of the sea. So no. They might not be the remains of an ancient civilization, but they are over five million years old, far older than humanity itself. They are strange structures formed on a planet long before humans ever graced the earth, and their unique formations gave way to our deepest imaginations. Unfortunately, we often see what we want to see, and many still believe these structures are somehow the ruins of a lost city geology tells us otherwise. But here in the bay, the city of Atlantis might not be far. Rumors point to the Mediterranean Sea and humans have existed along its coastline for over a thousand years. Again, you rise up from the depths and as you break through the surface, you take in another huge breath. You fill your lungs with as much air as you can and you feel your heartbeat slow down. The deeper you breathe, the more you relax. You float on your back as the sun warms your face. As you close your eyes, you dream of another place in the Mediterranean, somewhere else in the bright blue waters where ancient cities line the sea trade routes. When you open your eyes, the sea looks much the same, but the land nearby has changed you're still in Greece, seen by the low mountains and the bay shores of sand. You swim off the coast of Elephonesis, a small island off the Greek coast. 
100 yards out to sea, you swim above 13 feet of water, and you don't have to dive far to see what someone has left behind. You take one last deep breath before heading into the clear waters. You've gotten used to the cool ocean water against your skin, giving you the energy to dive down. As you open your eyes, you see several rows of stones beneath scattering fish. This time you're certain these stones can't be a natural formation. These rows must be man-made. Their formations create rectangles and straight pathways. You float in the water as a scattering fish swim around you. Within 20 acres, these lines of stone cover the seabed. They look like they form the foundations of buildings along the streets that lead through town. At the center, a giant clearing sits in the middle of it all. This once might have been the site of an ancient marketplace that bustled with people. Near the outskirts, a massive rectangle sits in the sandy bottom. Here a great civics building or a temple might have rested. From the number of foundations across the area, nearly 4,000 people could have lived here. The best clue in believing that this place was once alive with people is the evidence of artifacts. Pots, storage containers, and tolls are strewn across the seabed. There is no doubt an ancient town once existed here, and it even has a name. It is the town of Pavlo Petri, yet its origins are still shrouded in mystery. Along the seabed, a quern stone rests on the sandy bottom. These stones were once used for grinding, and its odd shape doesn't look anything like the other natural stones you see. You imagine the ancient people grinding their grain during a long day of work, and as you swim closer to the surface you get a sense of who these people were, or at least what era they lived in. You reach deeper into the water and hover over the ancient city until something else catches your eye. An odd-looking shape sits half-buried at the bottom of the sea. You reach down and grab it, and after shaking off the debris, you see that it's a small piece of an ancient amphora. These were large pieces of pottery in ancient Greece, and they came in many different shapes, colors, and sizes. And many depicted the stories and legends of great heroes that once roamed the lands of Greece. Some show great chariot riders storming into battle. Others show Greek gods establishing their rule across the land. You hold in your hand a piece of history and the greatest evidence for ancient civilization. This pottery not only tells you who lived here, but also when they lived here. Since these artifacts are from the end of the Stone Age, the city must have been here nearly 5,500 years ago. And the pottery style lasted until 1,000 100 BCE. The city was most likely occupied through the Bronze Age for 2,400 years. It was a town made of stone with the streets and buildings that stood two or three stories tall. They had windows that faced out to the bright, beautiful sea. As you reel in the thought of a great civilization once existing here, you are quickly reminded of its end. As you swim through the clear waters, you come across a small rectangular structure. Stone slabs form the sides and the center is empty. Whatever was once kept inside is gone now, 
but it's believed that these were burial sites. Nearly 40 of them can be found within the city. As you're reminded of death, you wonder why people wanted to build a city here, where the water consumed them. Thousands of years ago, the city was once a perfect place to bring ships up to the shore. In the Stone and Bronze Ages, they didn't use ports here, so they had to anchor their massive ships along the beach. And when the water was much lower, the shore was not far from the buildings. The location of this town was also near several trade routes in the Bronze Age. So this could have been a thriving hub that exported textiles or some other form of manufacturing. But the big question still remains, how did it end up underwater? As you swim along the outskirts of town, you search for an answer to how a city of 4,000 people could one day be fully submerged in the sea. And as you look out at the far edge of town, you spot three mysterious lines of rocks sitting in the seabed. They were once strips of beach rock that only formed near the shoreline. So this town was once well above water along the coast. Many believe that something catastrophic must have happened here, much like the stories of Atlantis. It's believed that several series of earthquakes sent the town underwater. It took possibly three major earthquakes to destroy the city. One dislodged the city and another began to sink it. And by the third, it was completely underneath the sea. This town of Pavlo Petri is the oldest submerged town ever discovered. But despite its greatness, it still isn't quite the city of Atlantis. Yet, it's the closest thing we've ever found. Does this mean that the city of Atlantis truly is just a story Plato told? Or is Atlantis hiding somewhere else in the depths of the ocean? Even if you dig into Plato's story as truth, his tale says that the city was destroyed in one day. And he says the city of Atlantis was between the pillars of Hercules. These are believed to be the raised masses of land sitting on either side of the Straits of Gibraltar. Underneath one of the busiest shipping lanes in the Mediterranean, a submerged bank lies several miles off the coast. This bank lies between the pillars of Hercules, and it sits on a subduction zone, a boundary between two massive tectonic plates. It's areas like this where the planet's most destructive earthquakes can occur. So maybe the lost city once rested here, only to completely vanish inside of the earth. But what lies there now is only a blank landmass resting calmly in the waters. Sea creatures float by in the darkest depths near the ocean floor. Along this deep dark bottom, a massive figure swims at cruising speeds, but you would never see it down here. Only when it reaches the surface do you know it's in these waters between the pillars of Hercules. As it reaches the surface, it ejects a massive burst of air from its blowhole on the left side of its skull. It's ejected diagonally toward the left, giving it the new unique sign of a sperm whale. It comes to the surface to take a deep breath of air and give oxygen to its bloodstream before heading back down into the cold, dark waters of the Mediterranean Sea. These massive creatures usually travel alone and they can stay above the water for up to 80 minutes. Before diving down, the whale lifts the back end of its tail out of the water before disappearing vertically into the sea. 
Its square-shaped head points downward as it dives, and it takes up nearly one-third of its entire body length. The huge creature prefers the deep waters. Here they can live up to 80 years. They can grow up to 67 feet long and weigh up to 65 tons. And much like the lost city of Atlantis, you don't see a trace of these great creatures even though they are massive and majestic. But at least for the sperm whale, we know they exist, and we can see them with our own eyes between the pillars of Hercules. As for Atlantis, no trace of human civilization can be found here. Maybe the lost city of Atlantis might just be another myth. But maybe its lessons are still useful to modern-day engineers. As the residents of Atlantis grew too prideful, the gods fought back. And just as modern civilizations think they're untouchable, they will always be at the mercy of Mother Nature. Perhaps what we've found in the search for Atlantis is actually something much larger. Maybe our fascination with the lost city is really just a fascination with our own potential. And our greatest fascinations and our greatest fears have found their way into the foreboding legend of Atlantis. We've yet to find its true remains, for better or worse. And the sunken city of Atlantis only lives on in our imaginations. Thank you for joining me in this journey to search for the lost city of Atlantis. I hope you found this episode of Planet Sleep to be relaxing and allow your mind to wander and wonder about the city of Atlantis. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you're subscribed to us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and following us on Spotify, and drop us a comment or follow us on social media at Planet Sleepcast and let us know where you'd like to see Planet Sleep go next. I've enjoyed this journey in the search for Atlantis, and I hope you'll join me in my next journey to Planet Sleep. But until then, sleep easy, my friends. <laughs>